What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis. That's right. We're from Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Oh, Adam. Baseball draft season. We've been talking about the great fantasy baseball invitational, uh, our drafts the last two nights. But, uh, oh, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you uh, labor, mixed auction. That was your draft tonight. Your, uh, your, your, yeah, your draft, your auction draft. For labor, 12-teamer, I was on the broadcast team for SiriusXM. So, you know, listen, I think that, uh, you know, anybody can go and find the draft board. I think it's rtsports.com slash L-A-B-R hyphen mixed. I think that'll get you the draft board here. But, um, you know, let's talk about it real quick, Adam. Last night when we were – well, first off, how are you, dude? I'm sorry. How are you? Tired, tired, bro. It's a draining – this thing went on longer than it should have. It really did. It really did. Like, I mean, it was like six hours. Five, yeah, five and a half hours, bro. It should not take that long to do a 12-team mixed league with 28 roster spots. But there were some issues, but whatever. It's over. It is over, and there you go. I mean, we'll, we'll have to talk. I mean, you said there, there's some software glitches that the guys, our friends over at RT Sports, need to kind of fix up. So if you guys are planning on doing any online auction drafts, and it's on RT just know that there's uh you know they're having they're having a couple of issues that they're working on uh to to fix. So um we'll go from there but last night so you said um you're going to do the same thing that you did last year. You're going to come out swinging, guns blazes, guns blazing and uh and attack uh right from the start. And you're a man of your word, Adam. Uh Jacob DeGrom at 45, Juan Soto 48, Christian Yelich at 36, and then your boy, Rafi Devers at 27. So talk to me about the plan, the players, the execution, what you saw from the other owners. Yeah, I wanted to get one elite pitcher if I could. I thought, you know, last year DeGrom was 40. Uh, him and I saw Cole went for 45. So first so I jumped in, got DeGrom, and he stayed at 45. Uh, then I saw people were spending a little bit more as opposed to last year and felt like, you know, Soto at 48 was fine. Yelich was not really planned, but $36 cheaper than he was last year. I think he bounces back. And then Devers uh, was a little bit later on. I had figured I had like about one more big bat to get. Maybe that was a little bit high. And then I had to sit around for a long time, man. I didn't get anything for a while and kind of just had to wait it out. Uh, maybe there were a couple of times I could have jumped in. Uh, but the one thing I did that I didn't like was going 14 on Goldschmidt. I think it was a point of the au- auction where I was just like, oh, I got this money left and I was missing out on some of the bats that I wanted. And I probably should have went that high. Not that it's a bad buy. It's just you know, I would have rather had like Hosmer or Bell for a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of sitting back on some starting pitching and Lost out on Lance McCullers and Sandy Alcantara. Probably should have went the extra dollar, but, you know, it was like me, Ray Murphy, and Chandler all battling, and uh, they wound up getting those two. Um, but either, either way, I think the pitching still came out fine. You know, I wound up with Zach Eflin, who I like a lot, for 8 bucks. Uh, got him in TGFBI as well. Saw that curve work really well last year. Um, closers were going pretty cheap, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get – one of the top ones late for cheap and Trevor Rosenthal for $8, I thought was a nice value. He's going to close in Oakland. He was great last year. I know two years ago was an issue, but he was coming off the Tommy John surgery. 
Then I also got uh, Greg Holland for a buck. I think he's going to close there. And I threw him out thinking no one was going to bid on him, and I was right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the team filled out pretty well. You know, there was just so many bats out there and so many players, which is why I was like, you know, I'm going to sit back and probably still get a lot of guys that I want. So uh, I think offensively the team actually panned out pretty good considering where I was at one point. And the pitching is solid. It's probably needs some work, but I got a lot of good young arms that have a lot of potential. But I think we're all going to be in a situation this year where we're trying to patchwork the pitching together. So, um, you know, it's kind of similar to what I did last year. And it worked out well, even though I didn't win the league. So uh, pretty happy with my offense. I feel like I kind of have some really good balance. Uh, getting Victor Robles for $7 I thought was pretty key uh, because I thought I needed that stolen base guy. And he's been leading off for Washington. So if he sticks in that leadoff spot in that lineup, that's going to be big. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'd like to see him sit in that, in that leadoff spot. Um you know, for whatever reason, stupid Dave Martinez says, oh, let me, let me bat this dude eighth in front of the pitcher. When, well, isn't that nice and productive? Um, well, so, all right. So I knew your strategy going in. Right. And then and then you, you, you paid a lot for those guys and you did have to hang back, um, which, you know, whatever. I mean, that's just that's the nature of the beast. Did it surprise you to see other teams doing the exact same thing this year? No. I figured at some point maybe people would realize that that was an option. And again, there's a multitude of ways to win because I think uh, Zimmerman did the same thing last year where he kind of just sat back and had a lot of money and he wound up winning the league, uh, even though I was in pretty much first place, like almost Jake Seeley's in this league. Right. And I remember like a month into the season, he's like, Oh man, you're going to run away with this. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're up 20. It's over. And then a couple of days after the season ended, he texts me. He goes, wait, you didn't win? I go, no. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, man, I didn't win. He's like, oh, wow. Surprise. So that's how well it was going. And then it just kind of fell apart at the end. But I still think this strategy worked. It's just guys got hurt. Guys slumped. You know, I... I stuck with Moncada the whole year and, you know, finding out after, oh, yeah, the COVID really affected him. I wish he would have said something sooner so I could have replaced him. Because I think I actually did bench him the last week of the season. I was like, you know what? I I just can't roll with him. He's not doing anything. I got to bench him. So, you know, little things like that. And I think it's also not that I got complacent, but it's a good lesson. Even when you have a big lead, you know, just keep doing everything under a microscope. You know, just to be, oh, I got a 20 point lead. I'll just, and I wasn't doing that, but I'm just saying it's a reminder, like how quickly baseball could happen. And last year is a bad example because it was only two months. And, you know, maybe if the season went six months, I would have rebounded and went back up. So you don't want to overreact to it. But the point is, you know, even when you think everything's going well and you got a lead, you should never be complacent and just always look to improve the roster. And again, this is a 12 team league. There's going to be so much in the waiver wire. Now, how you manage the waiver wire is going to be important because. It's a hundred dollar fab and there's no zero dollar bids. It's a hundred dollar fab and there's no zero bid. Yeah. Okay. Just had to make sure I was hearing that correct. Um, yeah. Um, all right. I mean, listen, I, I, there's a lot to like about your team. I just, I, you know what it is? It's so funny. I was watching this from the angle of, you know, what's going through 
you know, his mind at this point or that point, because, you know, you and I had, had talked about it. And, you know, as soon as Devers was up for bidding, I was like, oh, Adam's walking away with this guy. And um, and I knew that was happening. Um, so you, you laid low for a little bit. Now, there were a number of other teams who also went big. Some of them went big on pitching. Like Sealy went, you know, huge on pitching. Roto Lady, uh, Andrea Lamont went huge on pitching also. She put like 120 bucks into into her pitching. Um, and then, you know, and people had to like back off. There was one point where, I mean, no, there was more than one point, but you had the, uh, you had the hammer and, you know, it's, it was, it was Zimmerman and Chandler for a while and you were kind of, you know, laying low. Uh, and then all of a sudden it became, uh, Chandler and, uh, or no, no, then after they, they started spending their money, then all of a sudden it was you and, uh, and Nick Pollock and, uh, yeah. and Alex fast from pitcher list. And you guys were, you know, you, you guys were holding the hammer, but you had the edge there. Um, you know, there were some surprises that that kind of went by that I was like, huh, I'm, you know, I can't believe Adam, you know, let it go. Like um, Loriano, for example, at $6. Didn't, didn't fit the roster. He just didn't fit your roster? No. Did you have five of your six outfielders already? Um, I don't remember at the time, but I couldn't, I didn't want to go six because I needed to spend on pitching. Okay. I had already invested a lot of my outfits. I mean, at that point, I probably had, yeah, I had a lot. I mean, I think I had got Lourdes Gurriel before then. So I, I saw like Castellanos was there and Grisham and all those guys. So I'm like, all right, I got to get one of these bats. And I wound up getting Lourdes Gurriel for 13. Um, and then I probably, I don't know, I think the Robles came before Loriano. Yeah. So I had him at seven. And so at that point, I said, I, I can't really spend much more in my outfield and my utility. And I wound up getting Senzel for $2. Which, you know, I think is a good flyer because he's got some pop and some speed. And then, and then yeah, I got Aaron Hicks for a dollar for the utility. So, yeah, he just didn't fit the roster. I like the player, but I couldn't go to $6 on him uh, because at that point I had allocated pretty much a dollar for corner, a dollar for middle, maybe a $2 outfielder, a dollar for utility because I had to, to get right. pitching. I mean, even catcher, I was going to go two $1 catchers, but – I was like, all right, I can go to three on Sean Murphy. And I did that and then got Gomes for a buck. So, you know, I got Murphy as a top 12 catcher. I know he's a little banged up, but I'll spend three bucks. What's the worst case scenario? He starts the year on the injured list, put him on the injured list and get a catch for a buck. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, when you look at this roster, I mean, a couple people are like, nah, I like your pitching, but I mean, that's, it's, it's got some risk and some young arms with, um, Sixto Sanchez, you know, he was really good. How many innings? Julio Urias, Tyon coming off injury. Smiley's been was good last year in a small sample. Brady Singer, a young pitcher, Paxton. So yeah, I mean, there's there's potential downside with the pitching, but I think it's a good enough base. I mean, I Urquidy I like getting for four. So yeah, I mean, it was missed out on a couple arms that I really wanted that fell late and I was like, all right, maybe I'm going to get them cheaper, but it, it didn't work out. Uh, people probably had the same idea as me. Like, all right, I'm kind of waiting for these arms and then I'm going to spend. So, but I think my offense is re is really good. I mean, it's, it's well balanced. I don't see major holes. I think there's enough speed. So uh, last year, my pitching was really good. So I kind of nailed it. Uh, I probably did not nail it here. I mean, because last year came in out, I had DeGrom, Clevenger, Denilson, Lamette. Uh, who else? I got some good. Oh, I think I had Pablo Lopez, who I wanted in this one. 
yeah, I, I just like almost every pitcher I had last year, like was phenomenal. Uh, it's going to be hard to see that with this group, but a lot of good young arms with a lot of strikeout potential. So uh, we'll see how it works. And I'm pretty sure in the 12 team league, a lot of pitching is going to become available on the Weevil wire. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, listen, in a 12 team league, for sure, you're going to see a, a ton of it. Uh, there. All right. Before I ask Adam a couple more questions about his draft, give a shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site y'all should be playing on. And here's why. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up. And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, Adam. So with every auction comes a, a, a regret bid. Um, you know, guy that you, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I really, well, I don't even think you have any of those guys. Well, you said Goldschmidt. You, were, uh, you weren't enamored with getting Goldie. Would that be your biggest regret? as far as this draft goes? Yeah, I think so, because I could have saved a few bucks and gotten Bell, Hosmer, and then used that money on pitching. So that would be the one. I mean, Devers at 27 might seem a little high, but you know, I believe in the guy. So maybe I could have pulled back and pushed that money elsewhere. But not pretty much. Uh, I think everything else is pretty good. I don't think, yeah, so probably Goldschmidt would be the one because um, I don't have him anywhere. He's never been a target of mine this year. I mean, it's not a bad price, you know, and I really don't. I just need if he I need him to hit for average and give me good counting stats. I don't even need big power from him because I should get it elsewhere. So I just need him to be good at good in average and good at counting stats. And, you know, it's a, it is a good lineup there at the top of the order. So. That would be the one, though, if I if I could change it. Uh, that's what I would take back. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, was there a player who you went walking in saying, this is a guy who I really want to get, and you just you didn't have the, the money for it? Um, not really. I mean, I never really go in like, oh, I got to get this guy. Um, but some of those pitchers that I mentioned – I kind of wanted, especially as it fell late, you know, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, even Marcus Stroman. I was dollar days, man. And I'm like, I had looked at the board. And I was like, yeah, man, there's guys here that can go to two. And then, of course, I needed kind of one more round. 
and then um, someone threw them out at two, and I didn't have an opportunity to get them. So um, those guys, I mean, the bats, no, nah, I mean, I got a lot of bats I like. Dinesby Swanson at nine. Uh, I like Lourdes. Robles, I didn't think I was going to get today. I was surprised he only went for seven. Right. Um, but I felt he fit because I could use some stolen bases at that point. And again, if he hits the top of the roster, that is going to be really big. But I knew I was going to get one of the top arms and got DeGrom. And then I knew I'd have to piece it together. But uh, Rosenthal at eight was big. Yeah, were you surprised at the uh, at the price of closers? Like when Josh Hader went for 18, I was like, you know, we were talking about, okay, well, that's, you know, is that setting the market? And I said, you know, listen, there are some people out there who believe that Devin Williams could close, that it could be a platoon situation um, between the two. There are a lot of people who think Williams could have the job the entire time because Craig Council wants Hader to throw two innings and they're, you know, looking to kind of, you know, spare some of the shoulder work that uh, on Williams. And so being in the ninth, you know, could possibly be a, a good spot for him. You know, I was like, let's see what Liam Hendricks goes for. And then, you know, then I'll, I'll decide, you know, what's market, what's not market. And then, uh, and then fucking Hendricks went for a dollar less. I was like, you gotta be like, was it surprising to you to see the, the price being suppressed on the, on the high end closers? Um, not really, but it, I saw it early, so I knew that I was going to get a couple of arms for cheap. So that's why I didn't spend up. I was right. like, all right, I see how this is going. So I'm going to get someone that I really want. My plan was I penciled in 10 bucks for Rosenthal or Yates. So to get Rosenthal at eight, because I think he has job security. You know, that who else in that bullpen is going to take over for him? They brought him in on a one-year deal. So... And he was dominant last year. Right. So he, he went to a great spot. So, like, he just really moved up my rankings once he went to Oakland. So I was happy to get him at that price. You know, I'd rather take him at eight than even than the other guys at 18. I'm saving 10 bucks, and I might get a similar amount of saves, if not maybe a little less. So I was happy with that. Yeah. Oh, listen, I would have been, too. I, I would have done the exact same thing. I totally would have backed off closers. When I saw that price tag, you know, usually you, you see Hater in a mixed league go for like 23, 24 bucks. So the fact that where he was, I mean, I was like, okay, all right. So that's, you know, I'd like to see that trend, you know, kind of pick up in the future. Um, but yeah, all right. So, you know, listen, I think um, as far as auctions went, I think this was uh, this was probably as standard an auction as you could get, right? I mean, couple of people like you went out through the hammer down and, and early and then had to like sit and back off a couple of people. Now the always, the, the one thing that always worries me and when you didn't, you know, you know, when you didn't go after certain guys and you were just kind of hanging back, I was like worried that, you know, when, by the time you picked up the hammer again, that, you know, you, you might end up having to like overpay for mediocrity in order to fill out the roster. I mean, I mean, that's something that I do see. Where in the where in the draft are you, you know, usually when you're like, you know, like what's your money situation like when you're like, all right, wait a minute. I got to jump back into the bidding here um, and really just I got to get some of these guys before I miss out. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at that, but I kept looking down at my rankings and I'm like, I still see a lot of guys here. You know, there, there were Castellanos was sitting there for a while. 
Grisham, you know, the, the range of outfielders, like from 15 to 25, some really, really good ones. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to get one or two of these. So I wasn't really panicking. Um, the pitching, I mean, wow. I mean, I, damn, <laughs> I didn't spend, <laughs> I spent 45 on Grom. I didn't spend more than 8,000 on another pitcher. That yeah. was really, that was not really part of the plan. Um, that's where the, I think the Goldschmidt came in hurt because I could have just gotten someone cheaper there and taken seven, eight bucks and put it on another pitcher. But then again, I could have just won another buck on Alcantara and McCullers when they were out there. I don't remember what they went for, but um, so that's probably something that could have could have been better served, um, especially since I saved on the closer too. eight bucks for Rosenthal, one for Holland. And I took Chris Martin in the reserve round. Um, so I guess that's probably something because I thought I was going to have more $1 players on offense. Mm-hmm. We got Hicks for one, Senzel two, Jorge Polanco one, Ryan McMahon one. So, and then Swanson was like, it's like, I got to go the extra buck to nine to get him. Um, you know, I had, I had opening it short and, you know, I really like him a lot. So did that, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look at different teams and what they did and it's like, like, what is this? So whose team is this? I think this is, you said Andrea's team. Yeah, man. She spent a ton on pitching, man. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. I mean, like, yeah, like it's a nice staff on paper, but. And then she took four of her reserve picks on pitching. Um, that I didn't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, you know, I mean, she, she put together a decent team. I don't love her outfield. Um, I think that she'll be wanting for stolen bases during the season. But overall, I think that she actually has um, a pretty solid team in spite of the fact that she spent 120 bucks on, on pitching. Yeah. I mean, two decent catchers too. Um, could tell Marte, is he going to run how many steals will Moncada get? So that's going to be key. Myers could run a little bit and Biggio. So that's where most of it comes from. And then, doesn't really well, I guess Archie Bradley should close. We don't know about Melanson, we don't know about Devin Williams, but they'll have solid ratios. And then she took Lucas Sims and Peter Fairbanks in the reserve round. So yeah, I mean, look, there's different ways to attack it. There are always different ways to attack it. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, all right, well. I mean, I I, I I could sit here and grill you over and over again, but I'm sure still a lot of this needs to digest too, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. So I'm looking now. Ray Murphy beat me out on Alcantara. He went 12. Got Barrios for 13. Yeah. Yeah, there, that was like that was the pocket of starting pitchers where I thought you were going to jump back into it. Like I thought you were going to jump back in on um, whatchamacallit, like the 10 to $12 pitchers. Yeah, I was in on the bidding on all of them, man. It definitely was, for sure. I think I was 11 on Alcatara, and then he went 12. And I know McCullers, I was in on – did Chandler get him? I think it was. Let me see. McCullers was – yeah. Oh, my God. McCullers was only 10? Why didn't I go to 11? Shit. Damn it. That actually... <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Right? Damn see, it. this is yeah. what I wanted to know. This is the information, man. This is – uh you know what's going on with uh, with Adam here on uh, yeah metals metals was another guy I was in on he got one for fifteen. See, I asked you, man, like who'd you think you needed to go that extra buck on? You got a couple of them for sure. 
Oh, I mean, you always there's a long list of them for sure. You know. Yeah, I mean, Shannon looked like he he went with a pretty balanced approach and was able to get you know he went forty dollars on Ramirez, twenty four on Woodruff, and that was it. Everyone else was eighteen or fewer. So looks pretty good. He got Bell at twelve, um, Grandal and Will Smith as catchers, spending eighteen combined on them. He's the one who got Loriano, Teoscar, JD Martinez, yep. Muncy, Leone Tavares for some speed. Who I was in on Luke Voigt. Yeah, it's pr- pretty pretty good oh, team. He's got he's got both Will Smiths. Yep. And that's pitching it. wise, that's, that's the winner right there. Both Will Smiths. Yeah, pitching wise, McCullers ten, Morton ten, Woodruff twenty four. Uh, yeah, Pomeranz four, Will Smith seven, Karinchak twelve, Max Free thirteen. So yeah, he just went really you know middle of the road. Get a couple big anchors and then just middle of the road so i mean that can work too you know i kind of i i, I kind of do that a little bit in that gdd league that we do and that's 15 teams so mm-hmm. at 15 teams i don't want to go with spend four big so i kind of might go with like three two maybe 230 125 and then kind of sit back and pick off the bargains um and that yeah in that league i'm kind of always the one with the hammer but that's the one thing too. Is some I've learned sometimes you, you you don't want to be in a spot where you got too much. There comes a point you're like, all right, the player pool is dwindling. I got to spend now because I felt like pitcher list did that. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what are they waiting for? Like that's what, that's what I was saying. You know, I was like, what just, money do they have? Just overpaying for mediocrity here. I mean, it was like, you know, I, I mean, 15 for Rizzo. <laughs> I would definitely much prefer 14 for Goldie. Seven bucks on Alex Bohm. Seven bucks on Santander, five on Gallo, six bucks on Hunter Dozier. I'm just like, you know, these names aren't, you know, I'd yeah. rather do the two dollars on Nick Sinzel and the dollar on Hicks than to do six bucks on Hunter Dozier. That's just, again, to me, that's overpaying for mediocrity. I think know? they threw that near the end too. It might have been like their last money, and they just said, all right, you know, here's six on that. But yeah, um, that could happen. Uh, Oh, that's the worst when somebody hides like that. Oh, they left they oh they left five bucks on the on the table too. Yeah, someone told me that uh someone else left ten bucks on the table. Oh yeah, yeah. Andrea Lamont left ten bucks on the table. Oh boy. That See that brutal. again, that's that's insane. That's the difference between having AJ Pollock uh and having What is Guriel? <laughs> or like Austin Meadows or something. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. You you can't you don't never want to be in that spot, man. Never. Spend every single dollar. No doubt. No freaking doubt. So, well, all right, man. I will uh, I will let you get some rest, get some sleep. It's been a, a harrowing experience, I know. Um, are you part of any of the labor broadcasts this weekend? Yep, Saturday night. Saturday night. Are you on the broadcast table? I am. Five hours. All right, I'm there, dude. I'm uh, I'm in that one. That's the uh, that's the NL. Later. Yes. All right. All right. So be nice to me. I'll try. Do your best. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us here tonight, guys. Big thank you, uh, as always, for for stopping by. I know we're cutting it a little short today, and you know after uh, how fun yesterday's show was. But you know what? Adam's tired. He needs some rest. He needs to, uh, you know. 
get that mojo back. So we'll be back. Thanks so much for tuning in. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.